0: This is episode 34 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey, brought to you by World Champions Rodeo Alliance. The WCRA $500,000 semifinals will be hosted at the legendary Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma, May 15th to 19th. For your chance to witness one of the biggest rodeos of the year for as low as 10 bucks, visit WCRARodeo.com. The top names in Western sports will go head-to-head for their share of $1 million in prize money at WCRA's Title Down Stampede, a one-day, $1 million major rodeo in Green Bay's Reach Center on June 1st. Advanced tickets are available now at TicketStar.com.
1: Hey, we're back. It is the week of March 13th and 14th and 15th and the 11th and the 12th. (sighs) 2019. Man, March
2: is going by way too fast already. So fast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've got a special guest in studio today at HQ in beautiful sunny Calgary, Alberta. Is that nice, you think? Uh, We haven't stepped outside yet today, have you? Anyways. Oh yeah. Welcome, before?
2: welcome, Vincent yeah.
1: James. Florida, Mikinobi, Florida's own. Yeah. He's at the house. He uh he knows how to book a flight around Lethbridge now. You don't fly out at, like Sunday morning early. No, on. no, no, no. You fly out on Monday afternoon. No,
3: it's not just for Lethbridge. <laughs> it's whenever you're coming into Calgary, <laughs> you know that there's gonna be a hangover involved. No, yeah, you, so you, 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 <laughs> you gotta have to book even, it.
1: It, even if it comes on a Sunday night.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, if it's usually oh, Monday, Monday flight out, Monday flight out now, it's Monday at 3 30 p.m. <laughs> flight out. You gotta, you, but you gotta take into account that hangover especially when like we had
2: a Sunday fun day and you had a big Saturday big too. Saturday night yeah it's actually I want to talk about Saturday night while well, we got a moment all right so cool. like you guys go um, the, we went to, to lethbridge lethbridge great event as usual the crowd was awesome you were obviously it's, one it's, of the stars of the show no,
3: that that place is probably one of my favorites mm-hmm. just because of the hotties first off <laughs> and spitting the truth and probably the second off just because how loud they can scream it's amazing eh and they are just i don't know what it is if like they just don't see that kind of entertainment or they're just party animals but i think just th- th- i think th- great
1: th- of a show now maybe i think
2: we're getting i better. think it's a mixture of it all like you guys have a good show like you good value to it and keep the people engaged. You're really good at getting the people engaged. Chetty is pumping, good Get the beats. people going. And uh, it's a college town too, so like pro- I'd say, bet you like
3: sixty percent of your crowd was college students on, on that Saturday night. Friday night it was a little light. You could tell that there was older people there, mm-hmm. but so and I was thinking that all those college kids were ready to party on Saturday. They saved it all in, mm-hmm. and then it was standing room. Couldn't pack another sucker in mm-hmm. there, so it mm-hmm. was. All you could do was party.
2: So then, moving on from the event to the to afterwards, we made an appearance at the local saloon, Boss Hogs, and like just kind of talk to talk about how big of a icon or like you're like a celebrity. They're, you're an A-list celebrity in Lethbridge. Like we got like a like someone from the bar came and picked us up at the hotel. We had like side door entrance and like
3: man, it was crazy. Once you start getting drunk with the right people, then it, then your your career really lifts off. Right, right. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean. Yeah, you really yeah. have to, you know start taking shots with the right guys and that's what we're doing i mean that's what we, we six years been going into boss hogs saturday night mm-hmm. and hanging out with dallas who runs the he, he's part of the big uh, shout out to dallas big dallas and dallas he's, he's the man he, he runs the city pretty mm-hmm. much i mean he, if, if i don't really know what he does or what is classified mm-hmm. what they call him but he is the man of the town mm-hmm. And Dallas c- hooks us up every year, takes us, picks us up, takes us to bosses. And I'm telling you what, the first year they gave me the microphone was the time that they messed up <laughs> oh, <yeah>. because <laughs> I mean, the very first year they got me on the microphone. It was already one o'clock in the morning. Pretty far in the morning by then. Ooh. Everybody was drinking. Everybody's having a good time. Mm-hmm. I dropped two MFers on the microphone. <laughs> first time ever. Oh, no. Oh, so and I, I think I was talking about we got the tallest MF-er bull rider uh, Tim Lipson <laughs> in here we got the t- just random stuff yeah. just blowing people's minds they're all screaming and then y'all ready to blow the roof off this place whoa and then they just scream save it's horse crazy. ride a cowboy comes on and the dance floor fall, falls in. Well, I mean, it's crazy. It's insane. And even
2: like when we walk, as soon as we walked in the door, like on Saturday night, there's like the DJ gets on the mic. He's like, it's like, yeah, Brinson James, the entertainer's gonna be dropping in tonight. Like, make sure you're around for it. And that was shout out number one. Yeah. And then like probably throughout the night, you probably got like five or six shout outs. And then you probably had the mic two or three times by when it was all they, said and they, done. they put me on the coyote ugly bar. <laughs>
3: <Did> <laughs> so you have to leave your bra. So, so no, it was underwear. Pair of boxers. I gotta leave a sock up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so le- legitly, I get up there on the little stage thing, and I start talking. All of a sudden, a huge brawl starts right behind me. Security bails off because Sec- security's up on the stage with yep. us. He's jumping down into the fight. Eventually, I just said, "All right, we're partying enough. Let's scream!" And then everybody started screaming again. And but this was the first time ever I almost got in a fight at Boss Hawks. Dang, it was kind of scary. Dang, I'm not a fighter. You don't look like no. a fighter. No, I'm not. It's not like I got in a fight it was like i was in amongst the fight right so i, I, I wanted to get a Fight out happened of it. around you yeah yeah so i just i wanted i wanted to get away from it as quick as possible that was mm-hmm. that was the
2: main deal so yeah. when you get like that how many people in a short like a small area like i was standing at and the bar hot and sweaty yeah it's just bound to be a fighter too it's like minus i was standing at the bar outside. like doing a shot with some people and this guy behind me was like
3: okay buddy hurry up i'm like <laughs> dude he was like 600 pounds like yeah no i, I love outside. it i love it though because there is so many college kids but then you get to that one corner where we're hanging out and it's just straight cowboy hats oh yeah and and it's that's like that's one
2: thing to me that i don't know if it's like it's it's definitely like valued or like not overlooked i guess i shouldn't say but like like when bars and stuff have show that good hospitality to everybody to me that goes a long way because like you don't really see that anymore like you go like ranchers is always really good to us during stampede boss hogs is amazing like it's
3: it's fun like a little perk i guess you could call it they're definitely like i don't even know if they're a part of, like, the, yeah. the, the they're part of the show or anything like that. Do I, they, if they're, but I know that that's the only place you can party in Lathroosh. Oh, yeah. 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 We, we, we bounced Since around. They it.
1: shut down Ezzy's. Yeah. <laughs> we well, had some good times
2: at <laughs> Ezzy's. We, we, we were talking about on the way back from uh, the rec room yesterday, where the one year, the last year I rode there, me and Brinson just parked it on, like, the, there was, like, the bar with the high
3: stools and there was raped right by the mechanical bull. And, like, yeah. we just sat there for, like, we sat there for, like two, had two hours
2: and just, like, watched and laughed. Like,
3: there, there yeah. you so That was, that was the bull that was built like a, Bareback ride machine and all it did oh, was, it was just terrible. jerk just girls just lunged, down. Just, it just jerked the them front. down. Every fat girl <laughs> went over their handlebars. Oh Because If you were too tall, you'd hit the roof. Yeah, it was. So it was. Funny, it was, man. It was <laughs> and that was the one that was in the hotel that you could yeah. crawl back to your room if it was possible. And we to. did
2: numerous times. Oh yeah, yes. But, yeah. Well, we had a good after party there one year. too remember?
1: We just got out of hand. Like, yeah. At Lethbridge every year. It was just I went Left Vegas. Las Vegas. You went home. That was Las Vegas of Alberta
2: no casino to be
1: found it's anymore. not like fox vegas like fox creek it's Fo- no it's like the it's like the actual lost the yeah. left vegas it's quite a wonderful yeah. place yes okay guys so Brent's so we're gonna have you back after the, our interview here we're gonna be talking with wcra president bobby moat
0: you're listening to cowboy ship with ted and Wacy. episode 34 is brought to you by world champions rodeo alliance
1: and our guest is on the line. He's four-time PRCA world champion bareback rider and the president of the WCRA. It's Bobby Moat coming to us from Llano, Texas. How is it this morning, Bobby?
4: It's good. It's good.
1: How are you guys? We're uh, recovering from a, a fun Sunday. It's a bit of a struggle. <laughs> we, we <laughs> to see be honest. Us. To be honest. He didn't wake up very long ago, but <laughs> it's
4: all good. This
1: Monday's are a little different up long here, eh? Lo- yeah, well, as
4: lo- long as he didn't just go to bed a little while ago, then <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> no, he got a decent sleep. He's yeah. all right. I just thought assume was in the bull riders woke up around 10
1: that's about right that's Wasey's usual yeah. time I assume surface in the morning yeah Usually yeah. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty accurate so if bull riders wake up at 10 what, what time do bareback riders when do they get up two hours earlier well I
4: can't speak I can't speak <laughs> for everybody but I yeah I actually would wake up at 5 because I would be going to the gym because if okay. I didn't do it early then then, then it just wasn't going to gonna happen but hmm. I did never enjoy it to wake up that early but I just it was a necessary evil
1: that's fair Wasey said two hours before the bull riders because you guys are always at the start of the road <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha, thought that worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk WCR. let's get right into this. We had you on a couple episodes back last spring, and we talked about a number of different things when you guys were first launching, getting rolling. Let's talk about how it is a year from now, just overall, big picture, what's working, what isn't working, how are things going? Like?
4: The last time we talked was right after we basically had our launch and announced some of our plans, and we just got done paying. <clears throat> that was on the heels of paying out $400,000 in, in Las Vegas, and you know, just showing kind of what the, the rodeo would look like what a major would look like and it was a great event and guys left there with the the big checks and and that was good since then we paid out over three million dollars which is is all new i mean that, that that's a lot of money in rodeo and the fact that this has just come on and it's not exclusive to any one group of rodeo athletes is, is, is really cool. So we've been working through our VRQ, which is short for the Virtual Rodeo Qualifier, which is basically the web-based app that allows people to go to any rodeo event, whether it's a rodeo or a jackpot or you know a bull riding, and count the outcome of it, basically count the points to earn them a shot to go to a semifinal. We had our first semifinals, which we had anywhere from around a 100 barrel racers to you know and other events we had 60 or 70 people who had qualified through the VRQ and they came to the semifinals and they competed in a unique format and we ended up sending 8 from that semifinals to Chicago and we had the first big payout rodeo that Chicago's seen for decades and decades and uh, paid out a million dollars in one night so the winners there left with $50,000 and everybody that came got money you know one of our missions is to not make this where it's top loaded and just the guy who wins first wins a good check and everybody else kind of goes home sort of empty handed. But you know everybody got good checks. I'm I'm proud of that.
1: That's one thing I've noticed with the PBR events, not not knocking the PBR out who I work for the most, but like a lot of times there'll be if somebody wins. A big check like the, what was it the other day? L- Los Angeles. The guy that won the event won kind of like, he won 100000 and The guy that won second won maybe 10000 or something. It was kind of a big gap. And it's not the worst thing, but it just yeah. kind of, it makes it a little tougher for the guys trying to, ma- you know, work their way up, hey?
4: Eh? Well, then it does. And, you know, in my in my career, uh, you know, I, I made a living placing. And, you know, when everything was right, I would win first. But if, it, if there was a huge disparity from first to second or third, you know, I, I wouldn't have had near the, the career that I had. And, so, and nobody else would either. So there's something to be said to be consistently placing because you don't always get the opportunity to win first. So, you know, I, I'm a fan of paying down the line a ways so that person who wins second, third, and fourth when you consider the competition and the depth of competition these days, they should be compensated.
1: What do those payouts look like now? Like, say, let's go back to Chicago. What What did the guys win from first to fourth or first to tenth or so? Give us a quick rundown on that so the folks know.
4: There was $111,000 paid out each just, and 50,000 went first 25,000 per second and the guy who didn't even make the showdown round that won third won just short of 12,000 six played paid 4,300 and everybody else that just showed up beyond you know below that got at least 1,400 so you know their travel was, was covered basically and they made a little bit but first second third fourth I mean not a lot of places you go I mean you mentioned the guy who won second at Los Angeles at the at the PBR major at one ten thousand. This guy won one fourth, one nine thousand. So, you know, and had to compete against seven other people. That's a good opportunity.
1: Even the fourteen hundred, like for for you guys to get to Chicago, like a flight from anywhere in anywhere in the States, you can get there for a few hundred bucks and you buy a room for a night or two. Like the guy those guys are still going home, even if they don't win, they're going home with a good check.
4: Yeah, and you know, the the competitive playing field should have been level enough that they didn't go home was 1400 and didn't have a chance to win something. I mean, with the exception of stuff that just happens out of your control, you know, uh, an animal that doesn't perform that day. On paper, everything there was supposed to be a chance to to walk away with with a much bigger check. And so, that's important to us. And We put a lot of effort into ensuring that the competitive playing field is as level as it can be, you know, whether it's through our formats or whether it's through, like I'll give you, for instance, in Chicago in the timed event, the night before we had you know anybody who wanted to who was qualified that wanted to show up and take part of it we ran all the time event cattle through with the barrier and they could set the pins even them up decide on what the barrier measurements were and basically get a practice run in that arena on those cattle with those conditions and know what it feels like so that if they're first out they're not at a disadvantage and so in most of the people came out you know to take advantage of that and that's at the semifinals we do it slightly different but still give everybody that opportunity and that we have a we have an open jackpot before the competition starts with the same cattle with the same you know barrier and everything and basically give people a chance to have you know some practice runs there because i've never understood why a rodeo or producer would try to set things up to to give the fan who bought a ticket any less of a chance to see the, the best of the best and so when you're first out and you show up to a rodeo in the time event and you don't know what the barrier is or what the cattle look like I mean, I watched the American the other day and it took them sometimes in that first round, it took halfway through the performance for guys to figure out what the start was. And so, you know, it just makes it such a disadvantage come in the beginning, you know, and then the fans are thinking, golly, why don't these guys leave sooner? Or, or, you know, did they not know that these cattle were fast or whatever? And so those are just some of the ways that we try to level the playing field a little bit. With the rough stock, we, our semifinal format is set in pools of eight. And so We set the stock in those pools so that they're even all eight of these horses are buckers or all eight of these horses are hoppers. And so you're only competing against those guys within that pool when you make that semifinal, which is really cool. And, you know, Calgary, who, you know, you're obviously really familiar with, they kind of started that. And so a performance is basically you're within a pool. You're only competing against those guys. And so it doesn't matter what the stock was like or the competition was like on other days, because you're only competing within that day. And I think that, that that's a really good model and it sets up the, you know, to make the playing field as level as it can be. Well, I mean, it just goes into why we exist or why we're doing what we're doing. I and mean, We exist, to serve a modern rodeo athlete and everything that we do. We believe in challenging the way it's always been done and, and thinking differently about rodeo. And the, the, the thing about rodeo is that it's so steeped in tradition, and most of that tradition is great and is what makes rodeo so unique in, in what it is. But then there's some things that have been done in rodeo and some traditions that, You know, the old saying, well, luck of the draw, why does that have to be a factor for a professional? You know, I mean, there are always going to be things that are out of your control, but I think as much as we can control the competitive formats and the, the playing field and try to keep it as level as possible, the more appealing it'll be for more people to you know, to take part in it, which I think ultimately is what rodeo needs.
1: I totally agree. I like what you said about kind of disrupting the old formats and the old traditions. Like it's just something that hasn't been, there's not a lot of innovation. I I don't think when we look at the way things are like Calgary went out on a limb in 2006 to change the format and break away and do their own thing where it wasn't something like we, we talked offline before too about different things that have been done with the PRCA. And now those, some of those rodeos are being sanctioned again, but, but for a place like Calgary, they, they, the benefit wasn't there for them to even be sanctioned at that time. And they, and they were limited and restricted in the, in the, what they could do. Mm-hmm. And now, and now you guys yeah, are creating and, your, and, your own, your own entire organization.
4: Right. And, and, you know, the, the big difference between say Calgary and, and us is, you know, our customer is the athlete. And so if you're a rodeo committee like Calgary, I mean, they they've done a really good job of balancing their customer who's the fan and the sponsor And then the athlete, they've done a good job of balancing it and not letting it get really lopsided. But, but we're in a different position. And so we're in a position where we're, we're really trying to look out for the athlete and make it as good as we can for the athlete. And so that allows us to challenge some of those traditions and the way things have always been done and you know create solutions that enhance the opportunities for more people to pursue their passion.
1: I got to go back to the L.A. payout there. So I'm on the PBR website right now, and I want to make sure I got my numbers right. There was $200,000 paid out. At the Iron Cowboy in Los Angeles. Jao Ricardo Vieda won the event. He won hundred and forty six thousand six hundred. Allison D'Souza and Kenneth Cravens were second. They both went home with ten thousand six hundred. Fourth fifth split was forty one hundred. It's still there's are still decent checks when you get down that way but the gap to be first at one hundred and forty six to second at ten six is quite dramatic.
4: And when you're a guy who maybe won second and you're just wondering I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. I mean, to that one point that I thought I should have been one point more, is that what cost me, you know? $130,000 or I think the PBR's intention is that the guy looks at it like I'm going to go out and do whatever I've got to do to get that extra point point. And, and I looked at it that way when I was heating but I mean there's just so much out of your control and, and not, not to be knocking what the PBR is doing because I mean I think the fact that they're paying out 140000 hundred and forty thousand, hundred thirty some thousand to somebody who wins one event and they've got another one the next week and the next week and the next week oh, yeah. is awesome. Yeah, you know, it's incredible. Those guys, still the best. By the time they get to Vegas to world final, you look at their earning on paper and it's it's unbelievable and as it should be because like it's the most dangerous event there is. You know, everybody saw a month or so ago with Mason Lowe. I mean you, you hate to see something where people are literally risking their lives every time they nod their head and not be compensated for it because you never know. I mean you, you don't know when the next time you nod your head is the last time and, and everybody's got, you know, makes huge sacrifices to do this sport that we love and I just it's getting better and more things are, you know, advancing to make things better for guys. But I've just always believed that it can't get better fast enough you know the fact that it's better than it was is good but i mean that's not enough to hang your hat on and i think that's a lot of why we've came along just because you know when i was rodeo on it was like you we always were relying on whoever's in the head office making decisions hoping they're going to make decisions that are going to you know align with whatever you the athletes needs are and when i realized that i had two choices i could either gripe about it about what they're not doing or i could i could do something about it and so i tried to do something about it within the organization that I was in and saw that, you know, there were too many, the structure of it didn't allow for enough change to occur fast enough. And so that's really why we stepped out and started trying to do something different to just try to, let's try to make this as good as we can, as fast as we can for as many people as we can so that, this sport continues to grow and thrive.
1: How did you guys gather the resources to make this stuff happen like that? Like paying out three million dollars, you've got probably another million dollars or more in production costs and and marketing and everything. You guys would probably have six million dollars invested in this thing or more already.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there's been a lot of money paid out and there's been a lot of huge commitments made, and it just goes back to our organization believes in the mission enough, and they believe that rodeo is worth the effort, and the, and the athletes within it are you know deserve more and so that's why those commitments have been made and and followed through on And so I think there's some opportunities in rodeo that just haven't been realized and it's not going to happen overnight as much as I want it to take shape quickly the American I think has done a fantastic job of becoming what it's become but they're six years into it and I remember every year hearing people doubt that they were even going to come back the next year and I think that they have probably got to that tipping point now where people probably will stop saying that but they had to just, who knows how much they had, to? how many checks they had to write and pay out. They weren't recovered because they believed in making it better. And so, you know, anybody that can be in this space that's doing that, I welcome them. And I'm, I get sort of frustrated when people criticize anybody who's trying to make it better because there's not that many people in this Western lifestyle that are legitimately trying to improve it and are willing to put their money where the mouth is. And I think that's where our CEO, Gary McKinney, has done just that. I mean, he's put his money where his mouth is.
1: The upside for him in the future would be seeing this work and you guys having almost every contestant everywhere working through the app and and at every level and, and you guys build everybody through and go to all the different levels of your structure and you guys have your own events where you can sell tickets at between Days of 47, Helderado Days, different semifinals, Windy City Roundup and then the Town Stampede and, and there's probably more on the way too that we haven't heard about yet too.
4: Well, you, you have to sell tickets and you have to, you know, you have to recoup that investment at some point. I mean, there's no yeah. reason to assume that anybody will just blindly write checks. But, you know, the, the the goal is to make rodeo better. And so if us being in the space and creating a, some competition causes somebody else to step up and do something that makes it better for the athletes, then, then we win. If we do something that causes it to be better for the rodeo athletes, then we win. You know, so it's like that. It's every organization out there... Is- is not necessarily concerned with their discipline or or rodeo in general in all spaces as they are within their organization and so for instance the prca is concerned with rodeo within the prca growing we're concerned with rodeo growing in general whether it's getting better because it's more money counts towards the nfr than it did before so that these guys these pros can have a chance to take better care of their bodies last longer have a better family life or you know breakaway breakaway is a great example of, you know, we announced early that we were going to have breakaway roping and then we paid equal money. When we got to Chicago, people still, even the breakaway ropers were kind of under the assumption that they were going to get something less just because they've always gotten less. And when we treated them as equal with everybody else, and I think that raises the bar for how other people treat them. And you know, to see them go to the American and somebody went $100,000 yesterday, a 16-year-old girl won $100,000. I think that is partly because we're out here and we're treating them the same as as everybody else and, and coming up with money to do so. And so, I mean, because of all that, the athletes, they went, they get more opportunities. I think that's part of the goal.
1: Why did you guys decide to add breakaway roping into the Into the performances,
4: you may not see it in Canada, but down here, everywhere you go, except on the professional level, there's breakaway. And so those ladies, they put just as much time and money and effort into their craft as say the tie-down ropers do, for instance. But yet there wasn't any end of the rainbow for them. I mean, they could go and win hundreds at a time, and they would, and they would go like crazy. But there were so many ladies that were like, maybe they did really well into college rodeo, and it helped them get an education, and when college Rodeo was over. It was like, there's nowhere to go with this. And so they just hung it up. And I go to these high school rodeos, you know, with my kids. And I see, you know, they'll have 40 breakaway ropers in our region alone. And these girls are working at it. Their parents are working at it. Everybody's trying. Then there's nowhere for them to go. And so talking to Jackie Crawford and Larry D. Guy and some of these ladies who who do this really well, they've asked, He's like, why don't you guys consider it? And so we've decided that we would. We said, you know, what the heck? Let's do it, and let's see what happens. So we do it, and the American does it, and we pay out 50000 at Chicago. The American pays out 100000 yesterday, and we're going to pay out another 50000 at, uh, at in Green Bay here in, in a few months. And so I think that a year ago, they didn't have one opportunity for double-digit payoff and, and now look where they're at. That just goes to show you how fast something can change. And then they had 481 people, uh, breakaway ropers in the semifinals as a result of all of the, you know, the new energy that's been created there. That's good for rodeo everywhere because more horses are sold, more trailers and trucks are bought, you know, with more everything and all of that energy in the in this sport. It helps everybody.
1: Well, it's, it's really quite groundbreaking, really, to add another ladies' event too. There hasn't been a new ladies' event and rodeo at this high level since barrel racing became a, a like a major recognized event.
4: Well yeah, for sure. I mean, fifty one percent of rodeo fans are are ladies. So they've got one event they can choose that, you know, that they can root for and, and everybody roots for it. I mean, you don't have to be a educated rodeo fan to understand, you know, barrel racing the fastest time win. They're pretty ladies on fast horses going around three turns. And and, you know, if you don't have something that, that the fans want to watch or is exciting for them to watch, then, you know, we're all kidding ourselves because you know, rodeo won't survive if, if it's not for fans. And so, uh, you know, I think that we watched the American yesterday and watched that breakaway roping was all as much as exciting as watching any of the other events, I thought.
1: Do you think the breakaway roping, it gets exchanged for an event someday? Like wait, like one goes away and this comes in? Or do you think it's another one At overall? Or what, like what do you see that way?
4: We treat it as just another event. I mean, we have, basically we have nine disciplines when you count team roping, heading and healing. So we have nine disciplines. So we have a million dollar payout at those rodeos but at nine ways, so we don't see it as a replacement i know that there's been discussion about that but i mean again we're for the athlete and so we're not really in favor of anything that takes away from group of athletes and so we're just trying to keep all of the events or all of the disciplines strong
1: well, let's talk about why denny quick you won over a hundred thousand dollars at two wcr events last year and went to over 100 prc rodeos last year and only won one hundred and seventeen thousand. how incredible is that story
4: that makes all the difference in the world for him his net income on those 100 rodeos he went to was wasn't much it sure wasn't enough to warrant all the wear and tear on his on his body it's and probably so, zero honestly you know, right he
1: like, probably didn't make any money you go to 100 no, 100 rodeos no, uh, and make 117
4: uh, yeah yeah people don't have any idea on if you want 200 rodeos, you know, they, they just see the, the the bottom line there. They say, well, you want $170,000. They think, well, his sponsors pay for everything. Well, in most, almost all cases, that's not how it works. You know, a guy like him, his sponsors probably give him a certain amount of product and maybe a few cash bonuses, but... But but that's really probably about it. So for him to go to Hundred Rodeos, I mean it's gonna cost him it would cost me on average, you know, when I figured up how much it costs, wear and tear on your vehicle travel, doctor bills, you can't not put those in there. You know, I was easily a thousand dollars of rodeo is what it would cost me after fees and all things considered. Well, so when he went to Hundred Rodeos can say he netted 17,000. That's not enough. Well, then he goes to two WCRA events and one's 111,000. That's more like it. You know, it can't be like that everywhere you go, but if if there are opportunities like that sprinkled throughout the year, that's a game changer for somebody because when you're rodeoing and you've got it going out as fast as it's coming in, you you can't ever take any money and invest it in anything for your future so that when the day comes, like, he can't ride bareback horses anymore, he'll have something to show for it. So I would hope, that, you know, when he won that 111000 he was able to take a chunk of it and invest it in something that will pay him back down the road.
1: I'm thinking about a guy like Jake Vold right now and how he's been to he's been a big supporter of the WCRA since the beginning as well, as far as going to the events and he was in Chicago and, and a guy like that, he only goes to 30 rodeos a year. He's only going to go to these kind of events and he's actually going to make a living compared to a guy that goes to 120 or so.
4: Yeah. Well, Jake's figured it out. I mean, he's figured out that if he can stay healthy and go get on the right kind of horses, that he will continue to ride at the highest level for longer. And so, you know, that, that, that's what he does. And so, you know, when you have to start going to lots of smaller rodeos and, You know, and no disrespect against smaller rodeos, but when you're going to get on stock that just doesn't let you go and do your job very well, then pretty quick, you lose your confidence. You get sore, you lose a feel for what you're doing, and then you find yourself you know on the bottom rung of the ladder all year long and so that's where it sounds like why it was most of last year to end up 15th, and the guy who's 16th says i would love to have that opportunity but the reality is that i mean you're talking about the 15th best guy in all of rodeo that year he should be making more money
1: definitely Definitely easy. We've talked about a lot of stuff so far. I want to talk, hit on two more things, though. Titletown Stampede, Green Bay, Wisconsin, June 1st, going to be live on Ride Pass, correct?
4: It'll be live on Ride Pass, but then Sunday there's going to be a one-hour CBS network broadcast, which is really cool because, I mean, rodeo doesn't make it on network TV. It makes it on cable sometimes. Yeah. The live Ride Pass broadcast is awesome because any anybody can... Tune in and see exactly what's happening in real time. But to get to the events like Days of 47 and Calgary Stampede that PBR has managed to put on CBS Network in the past, you know, they get over a million viewers. That's great for rodeo. I don't care what organization you belong to. Everybody wins when rodeo is promoted on a network type basis like that. So we're really excited. I'm sure that's going to be a great product. The eight qualifiers are going to come out of our semifinals in Guthrie on the uh, May 18th and 19th will no doubt be the, the best ones and stock will be great. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And then again, we're going to pay out a million dollars that day. So somebody's going to raise a $50,000 check for nodding their head twice in Green Bay, Wisconsin and the people in Green Bay, you know, will get to see something like they've never seen before.
1: A lot of folks are going to win a lot of money on the way there too between the semifinals and whatnot like let's talk about the path on how somebody gets to that $1 million dollar one day rodeo in in green bay
4: right so i mentioned the vrq earlier on the virtual rodeo qualifier that's what we call this app and it's so it's a web-based app so you go to app.wcrarodeo.com and you can register once registered then you're registered You you know, you're you're logging and everything. You can be on your way to a rodeo, a bull ride, and a jackpot, whatever. And you can type in the name or the the town that that event is in. And we have over 12,000 events in our database. And so odds are it's already in there, and it'll auto-populate. You click on it. You select the day that you're going to compete. You pay a nomination fee, and then... You just go and you do your job. We have a, a data team that goes and they get all those results. And based on how you place, you earn points. Those points will qualify you to the semifinals. The 1 through 50 qualify to the semifinals in time event. The 1 through 32 qualify in the riding event. If you're outside of the 1 through 50 in the time event, say if you're 51 to 100, we have what's called the Utah Time Event Spectacular, which serves basically as a quarterfinal. And there's 120,000 up over there. They'll go there. That's May 3rd and 4th, and they'll compete there. Top 16 out of that will advance to that semifinals in Guthrie. So, semifinals in Guthrie will be 1 through 50 in the WCRA leaderboard and the top 16 from the Utah Time Event Spectacular. That semifinals in Guthrie is May 16th through the 19th, and basically the format there is in the timed events is two full rounds and then a progressive round, which is organized in the pools, like I spoke about earlier pools of eight and then a final round which is also organized in pools of eight basically half of the people in each pool advance and so if there's eight people in each pool four of them will advance to the next stage from the progressive round to the final round and then from the final round those four from each pool will advance to the green bay to the title town and our semifinals, this last time we had it, there's five hundred thousand guaranteed. We paid one hundred and seventy-two different athletes one checks at the last one, and so forty-six percent of the field won a check. So much different than like we talked about earlier with these top-loaded events. It's important that these people have a chance to win money along the way, and so time events. Their average check one was twenty-two hundred. That's pretty awesome, really. To to have a chance to go to a a semifinals event like that and have that many people have a chance to capitalize. And and so, I mean, that's that's what we're all about. And then at the end, anybody, regardless of where they came from, what organization they belong to, who they are, has a chance to advance to the million-dollar rodeo in Green Bay.
1: Where are most of the entries coming from so far? Like, geographically where? Like, you you could technically have somebody come from Brazil from a bull riding down there or from Australia. You guys have, have associations over there, too. Like, it's anywhere in the world. And there's Canadians going down as well already.
4: Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, there, there are people from, from all over the world that, that nominate events. And as I mentioned, those 12,000 events in our database, I mean, there's, there's not a lot that's going on that we don't know about. But it's spread out quite a bit. I mean, you have your professionals that do this full time and are in the PRCA that are nominating those PRCA rodeos and and the jackpots that they go to. But then you have a lot of you also have a lot of uh, people who go to the like the different amateur rodeo associations that, you know, have a job on the week and they go to the rodeo on the weekend. And they are in their way. I think at Chicago, half of about 50% of the people who qualified for Chicago weren't on any organization's top 15 standings at the time. So about half of them are pros, and the other half are, are people who have the ability to be pros and just haven't caught the break or haven't taken the time to be away from home.
1: I just had this thought. You guys have the, all the 12,000 events under one roof. It's probably the first time that's ever been done before. But big picture overall, like, could the WCRA be the rodeo organization? At at some point where there's nobody else it's just everything is a wcra event or is that something that's like being thought of or is that like we haven't talked about it yet like i i just want to kind of talk about that and, and think on it a bit
4: we talk about how we want to work with with all of these different organizations so that post- those 12,000 some odd events all counted for something in common but we don't have any intention of taking over the administration of those events you know so I mean that, that's I think partly why there are so many different organizations because different people have you know different reasons why they want to control certain things and people get real territorial when you start talking about taking over or basically mandating that things are done a certain way and that that's not our intention at all our intention is to you guys run your event the way you want to run your event. We just want to give the people that are going another chance, another opportunity to earn more money or have another opportunity beyond today. And so that's really what we do. And so so working with as many organizations as possible makes makes that all work. We've reached out to obviously not everybody yet. You know, on a weekly basis we have organizations and producers reach out to us wanting to work together. And we don't turn any of them away. And you know, we've worked, we've had a number of meetings like for instance, with the PRCA, trying to work with them, trying to get some of these events sanctioned and try to figure out ways that we can work together and and we haven't been able to come to any conclusions yet, but the, our intention there is to work with, with everybody and try to make it where we're not just adding more events on people's schedules for them to go to or demanding that they go do more or spend more money, but we're trying to capitalize on those good rides or runs already making.
1: Okay, Bobby, we better wrap it up here, but uh, is there anything else you want to add just to uh, let everybody know kind of where to find information or anything else like that?
4: Yeah, well, Ted, we did go over, <laughs> we covered a lot of country, and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, I, I think if anybody has, any questions or or needs clarification on how things work. You can go to wcrarodeo.com and we've got a really great website that we keep updated that that has all the latest information and and explanations on our formats and basically how it works.
1: Oh yeah. So if already, there's no excuses. If you want to if you want to win a bunch of money, go to wcrarodeo.com. Figure it out. Exactly. It. Exactly. Awesome. Right. Thanks for what you guys are doing. This is uh it's so cool to see something new and exciting and you know, the big payouts like it's just it's stuff, it's stuff that's never been done before. With the break we were open, like, that's, that's amazing. I remember we were talking to, I was talking to uh, Lakota Bird the other day, actually. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were in Denver and she was talking about going to the semifinals and and doing different things. And there's just, it's cool to see the opportunity. So thanks for what you guys are doing and uh, and thanks for taking the time to be on the show again, Bobby.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate your effort,
1: Ted. No worries. We'll talk again soon. All right. Take okay. care, Bobby. Okay, take right. care. Awesome.
0: You're listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Episode 34 is brought to you by World Champions Rodeo Alliance.
1: Thanks again, Bobby Moat, joining the program today. The WCRA sponsor of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey. It's pretty cool they're three episodes. what they're
2: doing, man. Yeah. They're
1: like, I, like, now that we've got some more info at it, like, right. about it, but Bobby... It keeps expanding. It keeps yeah. getting to be more. they get more cool entries. Stuff. they got... Breakaway. What about the breakaway roping? That seems like a really, really cool idea. I never it's realized the team, impact man. until now. Yeah, it's a, it's really good, right? Mm-hmm, like it's a, and, and it makes so much sense because it's in all the college rodeos, and it's in like—it's an event. It's an yeah, it's an event. So why not add it in? For sure, man. It's sweet. Um, that's really cool. What they're doing. how long till they get breakaway roping at the Calgary Stampede? Do you think nah, here's a here's a poll for you? They won't do it. Will breakaway roping or team roping be the next event added to the Calgary Stampede? They won't add no more events. Will they take something away? If they Will take, they trade if they, calf roping for breakaway roping? If
2: that, if anything happens, yeah, yeah, if anything I were to happen, so. that's it. Like, it's either gonna, they're either just gonna, Hypothetically. Get, they're just gonna get rid of tie down roping completely, yeah, or else they'll just interchange. That's kind of
1: what I was thinking. Like, I didn't talk about it with Bobby because I didn't want to go that yeah. way, but like. I I think that that could actually be something, and nothing against calf roping. No, but no, like, no. Or is like such like a touchy subject, and Calgary's yeah. like in such a public eye. But why wouldn't they bring in another ladies' event? Like that could be quite the deal to spin it that way to have breakaway roping instead. Like I I think that actually could be a thing. We need to talk, call Keenan Vine. We'll ask him. We'll Get him on the case. we'll ask him the question: Is this going to happen? So other sad news. Other sad news. Luke Perry. Passed away, fifty-two years old. That's really man. young, yeah. Big yeah. stroke, had a stroke. I wonder. I don't know. I, that's
2: just sad deal. Yeah. It sucks. I, I think it's weird. It's like how much is bothering me, but like, mm-hmm. but I, I spent like a lot of time watching Eight Seconds. My brother and mm-hmm. I had the VHS when we were younger. And watched out. it, yeah. Watched it so many times. Broke it. Word Crazy. It it's had a big in, impact on my life. Tell us how. Just like it's kind of why I wanted to be a bull rider. Right? Like I grew up around rodeo and stuff, and I wanted to rodeo, but then watching 8 seconds and like they did a pretty good job of portraying like what it's like to be a rodeo cowboy mm-hmm. yeah that and was that one was, of the
3: movies that, that really yeah. got it right you know I mean there's was, there was a there's a whole bunch of movies that, that are out there that the cowboys wear their hats backwards mm-hmm. and this was the one that really kind of
2: yeah and even like, and like
3: Luke Perry and those guys took the time to learn like, well
2: about Luke Perry it. went and got on yeah. a bull after and yeah. rode yeah. him like,
1: yeah. he, like Gary LeFew taught him to ride and he yeah. actually stayed on a real bull at a, like a BRO yeah. or yeah, something yeah BRO yeah 82 points or something yeah like, he actually was yeah yeah so it's cool it's
2: cool and and like like just represent like i mean there's always like when you have movies like that it's never not 100 accurate but like just the way they portrayed it and like to me that just like fueled my fire to want to be a bull rider
3: i, I just really think it's so cool that you can actually still go meet those guys too yeah, yeah. you know what i mean you can still it's go true. meet who, who they're playing you know i mean the, the sure, yeah the they're t- real the, people the tough yeah. the the
1: tough and cody like they're, they're still the cody they're
3: still around you can see yeah. him right there like this is after that guy and he's he's real mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. a killer yeah, it's super cool. So I was, that's, yeah, it's kind
1: of sad. And it was kind of one of the first times that, that rodeo and bull riding, like it's kind of, like I think there'll be a movie about Ty someday too in mm-hmm. the same sense that they're a person that can take our sport to the mainstream, mainstream that, yeah. that personality, that person, that mm-hmm. persona, like that is what can help take us there. For sure. And, and that's what happened with Lane. Like he was that person and his story was, was that caliber and it, mm-hmm. and it went those far far places so
2: well and he's a good he was yeah he was a good person and he was a good bull rider so a yeah. story makes it like it's easy to yeah. portray a story like that and people can relate to it mm-hmm. and it's kind of like and like I guess, like in media like cowboys are so they're like they're, they're still like a prominent thing like when you think of a cowboy you think of like prestigious yeah exactly that's what i'm trying to say yeah but yeah so yeah. Yeah, sad news. Like, kind of like
1: a hero, really. Yeah, right?
2: exactly. Favorite part of the movie? What do you think? My favorite part of the movie at the end when Tough rides that last bull and mm-hmm. like, and then he waves and he turns into land. That like kills me every time. Did you? I was gonna say I cry probably every, every yeah, time. Yeah, there's like three three instances when I always cry. It's when they the <laughs> funeral, and then when Tough goes to Kelly before the NFR. I, like, I can he get really past that he really one. loved you Tough, and then they they both one. start crying. Then I start crying, no. and then at the end when he when he whips down that bull, and then yeah, start, no. starts and he's waving, and then he turns into Lane. And it's like, oh my god, it's so sad. Yeah. Can
1: make me cry right now.
2: <laughs> I like the, there's lots of funny stuff in that movie too. It's like when they're like traveling in the car, and you can like hear him. It's like uh, it's hard, full of juice, barely fits
1: in my jeans, and he's like, it's my flask, Lane. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> or like the bar when they get the bar fight. Like that's just funny stuff. Oh, like, I like the I poem like,
1: too. When Cody's writing a poem, like I wonder if Cody Lambert actually is a poet. Like, a, no, he's not. That's, that's one, like, one of the thing. That I didn't think he was. You
2: ever see that the like A movie, like a documentary about it, and they talk about oh, eight really? seconds how some of it was like portrayed wrong, at least for like it was like different Hollywood, like just for like for the movie, co- the Bohemian Rhapsody thing. Yeah, exactly. And like Cody says, like they portrayed me in the movie as a fat poet, but really, he like made the NFR multiple times, and like he's yeah, a, he's a, like he's yeah. legit, right? Yeah, but okay, well, it was just for the movie, it was good, that's fair.
1: We're gonna have to wrap this show though. We'll uh, we're gonna record one with uh Brinson right now. We don't know when we're gonna, when we're gonna, when we're gonna play it, it's gonna be like Ron, the Ron Pod, the Ron McLean show. Mm-hmm. We so don't know when we're gonna use it. We're going to put it in somewhere. So Brinson, we're going to come back with him right after this. And uh, thanks for listening.
0: This was Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy, Brought to you by World Champions Rodeo Alliance.